Today on Abounding Grace. Some of you men, you, you know your video games so well. You spend so many hours playing these video games. You know all of the different places. I don't even know what the video games are now. But I promise you, if you played your wife like a video game, you wouldn't have any problems. If you studied her, you learned the levels, you bought books to find out all the secret codes or whatever there is, and you were paying attention to her, and if you made a mistake, boom, you're right back on to make it right. If you treated your wives like your hobby, your hobby that you're so into that you invest all your time and money in, that you got to save up for this, and you take this over, like, what would your, how would your wife respond if she was your hobby and you saved up for her? That would require us to die to ourselves. This is amazing grace. Marriages, even Christian marriages, are crumbling left and right. Some are on the brink of a divorce. Others are unhappy, to say the least. Is there any hope? I'm glad to say there is, if we'll embrace and live by God's principles laid out before us in 1 Peter 3. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor has a heart-to-heart talk with us husbands and encourages us to receive our role gladly and treat our wives as we should. Marie and I have noticed a trend over the years in our marriage for the many years we've been together, both as believers and unbelievers. We were married for a few years as unbelievers, almost didn't make it. We were born again and almost didn't make it. It was that destroyed. Our marriage was that on the rise. And, and, and truly, I look back now and I see with crystal clear eyes that it was my responsibility. It was my responsibility. And when I changed... God began to work in my wife. If I would have waited forever for Marie to change, we probably wouldn't be married because I would have continued on in my sinful behavior toward her and she wouldn't have put up with it. Now, I didn't ask her for an interview before, beforehand to see, but that's my assessment. If I would have waited for her to change and I, might, I was only waiting for her to meet my needs or whatever, whatever the issue was, she most likely wouldn't have cha- changed because she was made to follow my lead. And that's how God made her. She's the precious vessel. And we've noticed in our marriage over the years, it seems that right when God is ready to do something wonderful and marvelous and just explode on our lives, something stupid happens. Or we've also noticed over the years that when we seem to have a nice, calm, peaceful time, and we've been enjoying our marriage and enjoying ministry, and it just seems like calm and peace, it's going to be disrupted by something big. (laughs) in our marriage. I just, we've seen it. You can't predict it. I'm not afraid of it. Uh, You know, I just know that that's part of the rhythm of life. Difficulties come to every marriage. It's just part of the rhythm of life. And depending on your stage in life and where you're, some difficult, some things are bigger. Some things are more challenging. And so in our lives, just on the typical stuff, you know, a little argument there, you know, I didn't, I didn't get the clothes out, I didn't do the dishes right, a little disagreement of why is this, and I come home and she's needing conversation, and I, I ask the proverbial question, what did you do all day? 
Wow. Especially when the kids were younger. What did you do all day? Oh, nothing. I locked the kids in the bedroom and went out all day shopping as if that was the case. Of course not. But just being insensitive and not careful with my words and not thinking of my wife more highly than myself, these things have happened. And we began to see a pattern that things would happen between us to divide us. And as we were fighting the the battle to not be divided, it, it was like the Lord wanted to do something and he was taking us through a new season of growth. He was taking us through a new season of testing. And it was like the devil was really trying to abort the blessings that God already had for us, that we were going to walk into, that God wanted to accomplish. I mean, think about it this way. Okay, couples, you guys that are married here, how many of you had a fight on the way to church? Don't answer that. Because it may not have been tonight. But I just, like, what are we, what is the problem? You're going too fast. You missed the turn. You're breaking it back. What is the problem? The Lord's ready to bless you in about 15 minutes. The Lord's about ready to bless you. So why not get you mad at each other? Why not scream? Why are the kids flipping? Why don't I get on? Don't do that. Like, why not be in a place of turmoil when you walk through the doors? So the only thing you want to do is get out of these doors and not pay attention to the song, not pay attention to the person sitting next to you, not paying attention to the unsafe, not paying it. Like, why not? And that happens so frequently that we don't even recognize anymore. We don't even pay attention. We don't even repent. We don't make it right in the parking lot before we come in. It's like, oh, hey, get out. Let's do it. Just go in and just pretend. And we train ourselves, husbands and wives, to be hypocrites. In a small way. But you know, hypocrisy is only going to breed what? More hypocrisy. And then maybe the Lord Lord had a word for you and now you're distracted. That's just the way the enemy lives. If it's not your spouse, it'll be your kids. Your kids will do something. They'll bring strife into your, and and I'm not saying on purpose, like kids are being kids. And then even your adult kids doesn't have to be, like, I'm not even saying that it's on purpose. It's just the way life is. And if we're not on our game, men, we need to learn how to know our wives. Some of you men, you, you know your video games so well. You spend so many hours playing these video games. You know all of the different places. I don't even know what the video games are now. But I promise you, if you played your wife like a video game, you wouldn't have any problems. If you studied her, you learned the levels, you bought books to find out all the secret codes or whatever there is. If she was always in your hands... And you were paying attention to her. And if you made a mistake, boom, you're right back on to make it right. Make another mistake, boom, you're right back on to make it right. If you treated your wives like video games, men, if you treated your wives like your hobby, your hobby that you're so into that you invest all your time and money in, that you got to save up for this and you take this over, like what would your, how would your wife respond if she was your hobby and you saved up for her? Well, you know. But what would that require? That would require us to die to ourselves. That we require us to have a delayed satisfaction or gratification, or we would learn, and it's actually a pretty thing to, to learn. It's a beautiful thing to learn in marriage that your happiness will just be accelerated when your wife's happy. What do they say? Happy wife, happy life. Happy life. It's true. It's not some cliche. It's true. When there's happiness in the home, you know what follows happiness? Joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And it's derived and intertwined with happiness. And happiness comes through this relationship God has given us. Even to work through all the difficulties, because there are many difficulties in marriage. Nobody has a perfect marriage. The same with parenting. Everybody thinks, you know, everybody's a better parent than you. Maybe, maybe not. We all have problems. Well, they have a better marriage than me. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But what difference does it make? Make a better marriage of what you have. 
It's not their marriage, it's your marriage. And Marie and I can stand here with absolute 100% authority, God's word in our own personal lives, that God saved our marriage. He saved our marriage. Even when we were too young to figure it out and understand it, and even now, 30 plus years later, as we're continuing to grow in different stages, different stages, of our different warfare today, different drama that's in our life, it's totally different than when we first got married. But it's better. God has done a work. And whatever we argued about 20 years ago, I actually don't remember what it was. Maybe even last year, whatever the big argument was, I don't remember what it was because I learned from a brother by the name of D.L. Moody, I've learned to keep short accounts. And I learned, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that love keeps no records of wrongs. And there's a lot of practicality that we can learn, but listen, men, just make the decision to dwell and study your wives and enjoy them. They're precious. They need to be cared for differently. Husbands, the Holy Spirit says to dwell with your wives. Understand them. And that word understanding implies that you don't know everything about them. It also implies that there'll be things that are hard to understand. Even Paul, Peter wrote that about Paul's writings. He says that, you know, our brother Paul, he wrote these things. Some of them are hard to understand. And there are attributes and aspects of your spouse, of your wife, husbands, that are hard to understand. It's hard to understand maybe the trauma they grew up with and they've never been able to fully express it to you. It's hard to explain why something that you do that all the guys at work do and their wives never respond to it, but your wife responds to it. It's hard for her to describe what nerve you actually touch in her heart. And you just got to dwell with them. Be patient with them. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you what you can't work in your own. Love covers a multitude of sins husbands. And so let me end here with a few things that wives, again, looking at the overarching needs of wives in a general sense. Of course, some of you wives are going, this may not apply to you. That's okay. We recognize and acknowledge tonight that uh, you're individual, you're unique. This is not a complete broad brush of every wife, of every time, of every culture, not. But generally, generally, and maybe you can take this, wives, and you can say, I know what pastor said, but let me explain to you what that looks like to me. And that would be fine. Explain to them. Give maybe, this, maybe this Bible study, instead of trying to pigeonhole everyone into one particular order, because we know that God doesn't do that, this could start a conversation where you can explain some of these things from where you're seating. Maybe God would even open your hearts to share a little bit of the pain or trauma that you carry. Maybe you can start praying for that so the Holy Spirit can heal you and encourage you and help, you know, just bring out a scab over that so it would just kind of heal up. And so it won't always be this gaping wound, but rather God wants to heal you. And so generally, those that study these things tell us that wives thrives on security. Security. While a husband's greatest need tends to be admired, respected, praised and encouraged. We learned that last time. A wife's greatest need tends to surround the area of security. And security in three primary areas. Security in three primary areas. Number one, wives have a tendency to thrive in financial security. Financial security. That doesn't mean you have to be a millionaire. It doesn't mean you have to keep up with the Joneses or live the American dream. Don't misunderstand it. 
No, what it, what it means is, is that you take care of the financial responsibilities of your home, like the Bible says, that you provide for the needs of your home and that you take that responsibility that God has given to you. I, I know at times in some marriages, some wives don't want to surrender that worry. Um, they want to take control of it and they, they want to, but, but I suggest you husbands take the lead in your homes financially. And make sure that you're open and honest and you don't lie about things. You don't open credit cards behind your wife's back. You don't lie about your income. You don't lie. Like, you be open and honest. I think that's the ultimate thing in, in any relationship. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So we don't hide anything. We don't have two separate accounts. That's your account. You know, the, the language of ministry I've taught you over the years is we, right? That's the language of ministry. Guess what the language of marriage is? We. Not your money, my money. It's our money. I always, when I start hearing that language, you, I, she, he, uh, you know, I know we got problems because you already, you're already not understanding the fundamental principle of becoming one. Well, but, but, but Ed, I can't trust him. That's a problem. That's a problem that we worked on. Wives, you should be able to trust your husbands. That's a given in any marriage. You should. And that's a very difficult place to be if you can't financial security. Number two, emotional security. Emotional security. Wives thrive in the security of your care and love for her. And so, you know, some guys, they might be of a more abrasive nature, might say, but Ed, I told her I loved her when we got married. Isn't that enough? I mean, it was a special day. I got dressed up for it. And in my exaggeration, you see my point. It's not enough. It's not enough to look back at a point in time and say, but I said it then, I did it then. Very similar to your relationship with Jesus, isn't it? So you're, you're here tonight, you're kind of looking at your life, you go, well, you know, uh, back in the good old days, all that's telling me is that there's been a break in relationship because these are the good old days. So God's doing something right now in your life. Something happened today that God showed himself faithful in your life. Showed himself, same in our marriages. Women need to know, wives need to know that you still love them and that you're growing in their love and that you still care for them and you're growing in that care and you still think about them and you're growing in that. You can be a guy that says a lot, but, but husbands, they need to see it. And this is challenging. They need to feel it. Well, I don't know how to do that. That's why Peter said dwell with them. Strangely enough, the more attention you pay to your wife, you'll figure it out one or two new things. Maybe even God calling you back to the principle that you had when you were dating and pursuing. Some of you just need to start dating your wives again. And just enjoying a date night, no responsibilities, no, you know, you can even, you can even put little rules around your date nights. We're not talking about our problems. We're not talking about our kids. And you can just say, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. You, there's a lot of different ways you can do this, but Start enjoying. Get the flowers. Get the gifts again. The candy. The weekends away. The time. You don't have to be all legalistic on this and start, you know, don't, don't get out a calendar and say, okay, honey, this is our date night for that. No, let the Holy Spirit lead you and let, let him fan the flames. It'll be different depending on what your week is different. You remember when we were dating in high school, it was different between how much money I had in my pocket. If I didn't have any money, date night was different. What are you guys laughing at? It's true. 
It's the same today. It's going to be different. You have a long week, maybe a date night's not appropriate because you're too tired. You have a short week, maybe you plan something and you surprise. But it's time to stoke up those flames of dating and love again. Perhaps the things that drew your attention to one another. Husbands, I know that there are times where like you don't feel like it because your emotions have wore off. And this is another thing I hear in marriages that just is unacceptable. And that is, I don't love them anymore. You open up your Bible. to first. Don't do it now, but here's what, here's what you need to do. Open up your Bible to 1 Corinthians 13 and start to love again, biblically. Apply the Bible to love. Because I know what you're saying. You've, your emotions have worn off. Your feelings are different. And that's really what's trying to be communicated. But you know what happens? It becomes a cop-out. And then that cop-out starts your hard heart. And then your heart gets so hard, even if somebody else doesn't break up your marriage, you'll break up your marriage. Because you think the option is someone else, and it's not. And I want you to notice in your life that many times your emotions will follow your lead. We often think we need to follow our emotions because we're a very emotional society. But your emotions will follow your needs. So here's the thing. When you change your mind, God will change your heart. When you change your mind, God will change your heart. But you spend your whole life dealing with the emotional level. I'm going to change my heart. I'm going to love him. I'm going to love her. I'm going to love her. And you never make any corresponding changes. Then your heart just gets harder because you fail in your own strength. Like you're in the midst of a deep, deep crisis in your marriage here. A Bible study is not going to save your marriage. Only God is going to save your marriage. Only God is going to save your heart. However, if you don't change your mind, your heart's only going to get harder. It's like, you know, we're not going to tell you, listen to this Bible study to rescue your marriage. No, don't listen to this Bible study to rescue your marriage. Listen to this to the Bible study so you get your, right, your life right with God. And he'll begin to work. Just turning to Bible study, listen, is a change of your mind where right now in the room and everyone watching and listening, even at a later, everyone that's listening to this Bible study, you know what's happening? God's dealing with your heart right now. That's why the Bible study is so uncomfortable. That's why it's so like, oh, you don't know. Like some of you are thinking in the back of your mind, oh, you just don't know who I'm married to. I don't. And it sounds like right now I don't want to know. If that's how you feel, I don't want to know. I don't need to know who it is. You know who it is. Yeah, but she, okay. Go home, get out your marriage book. Maybe it's, a, some of you got married recently, so it's all digital. Get out the digital, get out the book. Start remembering the day you took your vows and keep them. Honor them. Repeat them. If you don't remember your vows, email me. I'll send you the ones I use. I don't remember my vows, but I've done enough ceremonies where I know those and more I vow to my wife every day. I know that. And if you really want to know, I don't, I don't even remember. You know, we kind of got married at a courthouse. We didn't really do. Okay, fine. That's fine. Email me. I'm serious. Email me. I will send you the exact vows. I'll send you the ceremony that I do with couples. And you can read and pray through it. And the Lord will minister to you. That's changing your mind. And you just look at it and we go, you know what, Lord? This, I need this. I need this. Your wives, listen, number two husbands need emotional security. They thrive on it. Thirdly, wives thrive on spiritual security. Security, think of the word security as safeness, a protectedness, a guardedness. Men, take the spiritual leadership of your home seriously. Your example at home is essential. But she won't let me, Ed. No, no, no. She wants your leadership. But I don't know how. That's okay. God will be your guide. 
Begin with the basics. Have a growing walk with the Lord. Man, we got a brother in the church, men. We've got a brother in the church that gets up at 5.30 in the morning to meet with as many men as want to meet with him. And he will talk to as many men that will talk to him. And he will walk in the park. And you know what happens? Man, well, I don't want to get up at 5.30. Exactly. This brother's committed. He is committed. 5.30. You want to, you want to talk about your marriage? Get up at 5.30. No, 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 no. That doesn't work for me. That's the problem. What's going to work for you? When are you going to die to yourself? This dude's ready. If you went out, if a hundred guys went out, this is, this is where his heart is. If a hundred guys met him at the park to go walking with him, this brother would find a way to serve you hundred guys. That's how committed he is. It's, that's, it's his heart. I, I talk to him regularly. It's his heart. He has such a passion to pour into men. We let pride and arrogance get in the way, and so then we don't give the spiritual leadership to our wives and disciple them. Disciple them. You're listening to Abounding Grace and the last portion of a marriage strengthening study designed for husbands. Pastor Ed Taylor's message, An Exhortation for Husbands, can be heard again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And if you missed his word of encouragement to wives aired previously, you can check that out too at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, there's probably someone listening right now that just feels like there's no hope for their marriage. It's too far gone. Would you speak to that couple for a moment? Well, it would be great if you guys are both listening. Uh, It's probably just one of the couples listening that I want to say I'm sorry that your marriage is in the condition that it is right now. I know that's not what you wanted. It's not what you expected, but here you are. And I want to remind you of the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God right now in your own personal walk and to help you with just one small piece of advice that will encourage you. There's a couple things, but this one important is there's a lot in this situation you don't control. So don't spend your energy and effort and, and time on things you don't control. Instead, really zero in on the things you do control, like your own walk. You know, be in the word every day, pray every day, pray for your spouse, Pray for your marriage. Um, Seek out that biblical counseling uh, for yourself that you might grow, that you might take ownership of of whatever it is you might need to take ownership of, just being open and keeping your walk with the Lord strong. And if it's possible, and I I hope it's probable, that you and your husband or wife, you, you and your spouse would get some help in your local church just to sit down with a pastor and talk things through, but also talk things through with a willingness to change and a willingness to repent. And then I want to recommend a book for you that's listening. Please get this. It's called Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr. Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr. He's a friend of mine, a pastor up of a Calvary Chapel up in Northern California that has spent a majority of his ministry ministering to marriages Married and How to Stay That Way by Steve Carr, C-A-R-R. And here's the thing. You're going to be greatly encouraged by the first first few chapters because it's, it's his, his opening is like, hey, look, if, if, if one person in the marriage is open and ready to receive from the Lord, then God can use that person to start begin, to begin to work and start working in that marriage. So I'm sorry. I know it's hard. But the Lord is with you, Lord. I pray for those listening that have rocky marriages and challenges in there with their spouse. I pray miraculous, 
amazing work of your Holy Spirit to come upon them individually and in their marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for those words of encouragement, Ed. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Even just a quick hello telling us the station you listen to means a lot. Maybe you didn't realize it, but Pastor Ed reads them. Let us know how we can pray for you, too. You can email us through the website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And please remember, Abounding Grace is made possible through the support of our listeners. We look to the Lord to provide and guide. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of Lee Strobel's excellent book, The Case for Heaven. This is a must-read for anyone who wonders what's next after we die. As a journalist, he investigates all the evidence for life after death. Call us now at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or go online to calvaryco.store. And be sure to join Pastor Ed Taylor next time for more teaching from 1 Peter. That's right here on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.